the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs Down Under. I'm Sean Ross. And I'm Ricard Foyer. And we're back to properly cover week one of Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Of course, we already covered episode one this week. This is an anomaly. Uh, we are covering episodes two and three in this episode. So if you have not listened to our episode one thoughts, go back and listen to that because we really dive deep into that one. So let's get into episodes two and three. Overall, Ricard, how are you feeling about week one of this new season? Um, I'm really, really liking it. I think it's just a bummer for the Heroes Tribe that we're getting so much villain content. And I, I mean, I still feel like I'm getting to know the Heroes somewhat. You know, I, we saw a lot more of Paige, and that was kind of fun. I didn't understand a fucking thing she was saying not, at first. Not a word. Not Liter- a word. I mean, not. I rewound it. I didn't understand what the shit she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but we are getting a little bit of uh, backstory on a few folks from over there. But yeah, it, it just how the cookie crumbles. The fact mm-hmm. that, uh, the fact that, you know, the heroes are winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's always the the double edged sword. I mean, hey, look at Survivor Forty One. We didn't even see Erica till the merge. Literally, I tried so hard not to bring up my own season, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do, I got you. I got you. Perfect. Okay, let's dive into this then, because we've got the return of King George, risen from the ashes. He's walking back through the jungle with quite the mark on his face. He's getting baptized. I think like some people are happy to see him. Some aren't so happy to see him. I actually feel like there's a lot of positive uh, reaction to him coming to camp. It's just so obnoxious. Simon and like Simon and Michael's reaction to George is just so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's so extra. Yeah. Simon is on a warpath and he's got tunnel vision focused mm-hmm. on George. In these episodes. I think he needs to like release that a little bit. Oh, how so? (laughs) So, Hey, there's some release coming in these episodes. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, Also, can we just have a moment for Liz's resting bitch phase? It is so unbelievable. Actually, like when Shawnee said that, I was like, oh, I haven't noticed. And then I started to watch for it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I see it. (laughs) It, it wasn't the top of mind for me, though. But yeah, it's definitely there. Uh, George is really selling himself when he comes back. He's very much like, I mean, I think he he may understand that Simon has some vendetta against him. But boy, is George a salesman. And he's telling him that he can carry a 150 kilo ball. So <laughs> George is big on the gym now, eh? He really is. Uh, he posts so many videos of it. He was so proud of his physique. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got he's he's really pitching all of the assets that he can bring to the tribe and especially to the challenges. And not only is carrying a 150 kilo ball one of his assets, but so is puzzle making. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say I, I loved the moment of us seeing George cry. And that was like such an authentic, real, raw moment. And then you, us really getting a sense of who he is as a, as a human, that he stopped himself and was like, no, get your shit together. Don't cry. Stop. It, it felt very, very real. For a moment, I paused and I was like, oh, was that a fake crying scene? And then I, I rewatched it and I was like, oh, no, it's not. I don't know if it is or not. I don't think it was fake. I I, think I read that just... as like, oh, he's doing a bit where he's like crying. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, I, now I can say I cried. Yeah, I, I thought that at first. But after a rewatch of that moment, I was just like, oh, this is him composing himself. He released some of his emotions. Okay, he's fine. And it, it seemed very authentic. Yeah, I have to say, George is a superstar. Yes. And I was nervous about seeing George back because I was like, is this going to become a Russell Hant situation where they're just bringing George back again and again and all he does is find idols and you can't get rid of him and he's just like running the game and he's kind of like big personality. Like I can find that a little tiresome in Survivor. And so I was worried coming into Heroes versus Villains that that would be the case. But I got to say, I'm liking George more in this season than I did in Brains versus Braun. He's definitely phenomenal, but he's also all the things you just said you were concerned about. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's somehow working. It's yes. working. I'm on his side this time. Where last time I was like on Haley's side or I was on the side that George wasn't on in Brain mm-hmm. versus Braun. I really wanted to see them get George out. Uh, this time I want George going to the end. I, uh, so. <laughs> I can't believe how much I'm rooting for him. But you know, that'll always, that can always change. <laughs> could right change, now, could change. Yes, right now, Shawnee and George, I'm just like living for them. I mean, yeah. Uh, the fact that they pull together this alliance in this episode, the Spice Girls Alliance, where George is Scary Spice, Shawnee <laughs> is Baby Spice, slash Posh Spice, mm-hmm. and Liz is Sporty Spice. Uh, I am loving this, but hey, there's only one ginger on that tribe, and it's Jordy. I was like, wait, who's a ginger? <laughs> so if they really want to complete the lineup here, we're going to have to get Jordy on board. I feel like Sarah could be a posh spice because she's like pageant girl. Mm-hmm. If they actually want to get a posh spice. So we could have like a, I feel like Sarah would be a natural fit in that alliance. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like she is kind of a part of it. It's just she doesn't understand that uh, George is in it. <laughs> Fair. That's really yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Okay, so uh, I don't know if we want to talk about uh, the challenges in these episodes were a little bit like formulae for me, except for one. And that was the reward challenge in episode two, this sort of like take on a tug of war where you're pushing the pull and you're trying to get it over the line. I, they've done this challenge before and I really love it. I really, really love it because it's it's just pure brute strength, but then also a little strategy. And you saw like Sam Webb really take over and be like we are holding the line let them tire themselves out and then we'll we'll get the win um didn't go that way for the heroes but i, I like the strategy there well yeah i mean i feel like the difference between the two tribes is web you know came up with that strategy in the middle of the challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it just like kind of happened because he was noticing what's going on but the villains from the very beginning knew to wait and see who the heroes were going to put out and choose accordingly after that. They had strategy from the very beginning. And what continued to confuse me 
and this has now set them up for multiple uh, challenge wins, well, not for immunity, but still multiple challenge wins, is the heroes keep serving up who they're going to have in the round first, every single time. I'm like, just stand there. Literally just stand there and wait. What is, why, why do you continue to do this over and over and put Sean out there out of the blue and waste him? And uh. the villains have really developed this strategy in these two episodes of being like, throw the round that Sean's involved in. Amazing. Which like, honestly, it's smart, but all I want in life is to see Sean and Simon mod wrestling. <laughs> Forget the poll. Like, I just want to see them rolling around in the dirt together. You ain't going to get it, honey. Is that too it's much? It's just going to be Stevie in his little shorts and Sean <laughs> in the little bungee, whatever they call it, bungee hug- huggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did love this challenge. And of course, the villains win. And it means that they get to raid the hero's camp. And this is a really fun one because there's no limitations on it whatsoever, where sometimes you see you can take three items or, or you can take one item or whatever it might be. This is a free for all. Go raid the, the entire camp. tribe. I did not yeah. see the entire tribe coming. Yeah, because that's the other thing. Sometimes they just send one or two people. You're right. Thinking of 43 when Cody went to raid the Coco beach and such different strategies too where you have for example in 43 trying to like peacemake right and say okay well you know we're not going to take your machete because you need that uh we're going to take this here they're like take it all yep except for Mimi. me Mimi continues to confuse me because i'm like okay this episode, this is starting to show her personality of she's going to be cautious. She's going to think about the long game. And then in episode three, we see the complete opposite where she's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm like, who are you? There's well, no maybe consistency. It was the rea- maybe it was the reaction that she got during the trip. Maybe it was like, oh, none of these people want to play the way I'm playing. Okay, then I'll play their game. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I did love that tribrate. And George was really on one. He was like in his element a Viking going in there, burning and pillaging, trying to machete down their shelter, which finally they talked him out of. And then what's so interesting is the heroes come back and they're like, oh, they left our shelter. Like the heroes yeah. seem quite pleased with what happened. They they knew to expect it. And somehow George is the only one that from the villains tribe that thought to do it. Strange. Really strange. I thought that the dumping of the beans was extreme. I'm conf- okay. So the the series of events, the order of the events, kind of confused me because they dumped out the beans first. Then he uh-huh. went for the uh, machete to the shelter. Then they agreed to take all the food. But after some conversation with Mimi, they're like, "Okay, fine. We'll leave the beans that they can't cook, or that will take a day to cook." And I was like, "Wait, you already dumped out the beans? What beans did they leave?" And then well, those beans, they- those beans were being prepared. Like their their beans are. If I'm understanding this correctly, their beans are dried in a bag. Mm-hmm. And then to prepare them, you've got to soak them for like hours and hours and hours. Yes. Right. And so I think George just dumped out, a, he dumped out a pot full of hydrating beans. Like yes. beans in water, but they probably had more beans in bags. See, this is what confuses me though. When the heroes returned, the first thing they said was they took all of the food. There were no beans mm. there left. And so I was just like, wait. Mm, what did okay, they leave behind? they said they were going to leave beans but they didn't leave beans but then they dumped out some beans i thought they said they were going to leave bananas beans. i thought they said we'll leave one banana each and some beans that they oh. can that'll take a day to cook okay 
Okay, so we're, we're, this is maybe like, they changed uh, their mind. <laughs> in Survivor Africa, we had Bean Gate when Clarence opened the cans of beans and ate them. Uh, it sounds like we have a Bean Gate here, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. I uh, I will text everybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> Call up Princess Nina. <laughs> Nina, patch her in. <laughs> oh, she would know. I was like, oh, do I know any villains other than you George? know Haley? Yeah, oh, you're so. asking, you want to know what the villains did? Yeah. Well, you know George. Who yeah. don't you know? Jordy. I don't know Stevie. <laughs> that is <funny. laughs> Wait, no, he's a hero. Wait, no, he's a villain. He's a villain. <laughs> I mean, like, either one should know, right? Like, I know, I know, I know. Either the heroes or villains should know. <laughs> but good job, good job for the heroes. They got the fire going again, even after water was dumped on it. Clearly the villains yeah. suck at dumping water. <laughs> Go get two well, pots of I thought, water. I was like, well, the, the, it's still it's still steaming. Like you want to you want to pat that out. You want to get that saturated. Absolutely. But yes. still impressive that they got it back because mm-hmm. I feel like I would have Rodeo Queen Page. She got it with her cowgirl hat. <laughs> she is bringing the Queensland rural. Uh, I don't know what that means, but she's bringing something. <laughs> she's giving me Elizabeth from David vs. Goliath vibes, but strong. yes, yes. Like, not whiny, always helping out, you know, like a good person to have around so far. Oh, so you think Elizabeth is whiny? Are you kidding? When she was (laughs) complaining about the shelter and her back and she's like sobbing? (laughs) Yeah, I think she whines. (laughs) I'll let her know. Please do. (laughs) She drove me crazy. (laughs) Hey, you might end up on a second chances with Elizabeth, so be careful. Okay, so <laughs> we do have an immunity challenge here. This is, of course, the one where the villains lose spectacularly on the puzzle, which George volunteered himself for. George was also volunteering to swap Stevie out uh, as the puzzle, which was against the rules. Uh, and uh-huh. I love that George is just bringing the attitude of like, this is my game. It's very like, you know, in Survivor US, Jeff has handed the game over to the players where it's like, whatever you guys want to do i'm fine yeah like you mm-hmm. make the rules all around everything i feel like george is bringing that energy to au and jonathan's not having not having it i would you know i feel like it's really confusing though with these conflicting rules because when i did my f- first season when i did my season i thought we could swap out people and jeff decided no longer to allow that and I was confused because he had always allowed people to swap out. It's just two at a time or whatever it is. So I feel like it's fair for George to think that's a possibility to swap out because there's always been the precedent that that's okay. So for <laughs> them to all of a sudden, go, like, yeah, no, I, I think it was fair. However, George should have never. I'm curious why George felt that Stevie's energy wouldn't have worked with him, his energy for a puzzle. There shouldn't be that much communication between the two of you. You're just picking up pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I would love to have some insight on that. And it, it was an absolute disaster. Terribly. This puzzle, I've, I rarely have I seen puzzles go this badly where there's clearly a border and they're putting it every which way. Mm-hmm. And I have um, to wonder how much name? they know about the puzzle. Like, do they see a picture of the puzzle beforehand? Do they not? I was a little confused about the actual emblem because it wasn't either of their images from their buffs. So I don't it even know what like this a, picture was. It was like a graphic from a uh, an 80s graphic tee from, you know, 
Bombay Beach. I don't know where, like somewhere. It was wild. Billabong. Very random. (laughs) Very random. Yeah. Okay. So the villains lose. They are headed back to tribal council. And Michael is dead set on getting George out. And so is Simon. And uh, they seem to have a good argument. I mean, it's not a bad argument. Like, do you keep George around given the reputation he has? I would. I would absolutely. For what reason? The same reason that Shawnee has? Yes. As a shield. Yes, always. Because Is it not dangerous, though? See, I... Having a really big shield has to be priority because there's going to be a hierarchy here. So for Simon, like, how do I, how do I say this correctly? Shawnee is a big threat, right? But mm-hmm. in my eyes, Simon is a bigger threat. And then Jordy is a bigger threat. And so even with this idea for Shawnee of having, you know, well, at least I'll have Simon as a shield or whatever, it's not good enough because she could be the one that's not shield enough to keep around mm-hmm. and disposable. So that having the biggest one possible is the good plan. I, okay. I probably just rambled on, but no, I, I think, see, it, I I think see it's a good that. idea. <laughs> I see that. Okay, let me pitch it this way. So Simon has this vendetta. In the way that Stevie has a vendetta against Shawnee, Simon has a vendetta against... George. And it goes back to Brains Brawn when Simon had these two idols. He didn't play them. George is part of getting him out. And he wants revenge, not just for, you know, he wants not just to get George out. He also has this thing about playing idols, which will come up in the next episode. But he's got this like checklist of things he must do, which feels to me very rigid. And he's not being adaptable, which is what you have to be in Survivor. But okay, if this is the perspective he's coming from, I want to ask you, putting yourself into this situation, it's not like, ex- it, it, there's a hard, uh, it's hard to draw a perfect parallel here, but let's say you're playing again with, oh, I don't know, Shan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you might be in the George situation there, but like from from her perspective, say, is it not, just easier to get rid of the person who you know is like a problem or to like who could turn on because in that situation it's not like it's not a perfect analogy but let's say with simon and george it's like simon has this vendetta because simon's game ended because of george simon was not the big uh, adversary to george in that situation he was just the next person to go and yeah it was a big threat but it wasn't like it wasn't simon v george mm-hmm. But in this situation where you've got somebody who took you out, who has a reputation for being very good at the game, uh, is there just like something you can't get past? Is it a good way to play? Is it a bad way to play? Um, I feel like you keep them in until you get to a point where numbers wise, this is your absolute last chance to keep them in and maintain the numbers. So I'm going to use Shan as the... Um, as the option here, when she was, uh, I almost said evicted when she was voted out of the game in my mind, I wanted to keep her cause a lot of people were frustrated with her. She was playing in a way that was like frustrating to a lot of folks. Right. But she's a great shield. But at that particular moment, 
it was four against four. There were eight people left in the game. If I kept her in one more time and potentially lost one of my four people, there's no coming back. It doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what I do. She's going to be in a majority four over me. And and she had an idol too, which everybody knew about, which in my mind just made her like five against three. So that was the absolute last moment that I could fathom getting her out. And we had an extra vote, which ended up not being used uh, for that vote because I got Deshaun over there. Um both of us did. Erica and I got Deshaun to vote. But yeah, uh, it, it, you just do it until you absolutely can't go on anymore. And so right now, it's so early in the game. Simon has Jordy. Simon kind of has Shawnee and Sarah on his side. They brought in Stevie, and he knows he can trust Stevie. He has enough numbers that keep George as long as you can, unless your numbers dwindle, dwindle down so much that you just absolutely, this is your last chance mm. that's what i would say mm -hmm. okay i mean that makes sense to me and i think the way simon is playing is very very short-sighted very <clears throat> i mean he does have he does have this tight bond it seems like with jordy uh i just don't know where he falls with everybody else i don't know where he falls with the frasers of the world i don't know where he falls with like the, the girls on the tribe like uh it's unclear to me because his his attitude towards things is so self-centered, um, especially sort of like I'm sort of jumping ahead to the next episode, but uh, with trying to idle out George and not really substantially trying to bring anybody else into that plan. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like that could really backfire on you. Yes. And I mean, he's to me, Stevie and uh, Simon are the exact same person, except S Simon is confident and cocky that's the only difference stevie mm. is cautious even if he has this big ass vendetta he knows he needs to take a moment and breathe mm. simon feels invincible and i don't think he has a great relationship with the girls but he knows jordy does and jordy's in his pocket so by proxy he thinks they're his as well which is just another cocky way of playing this game jordy it shows especially in episode one when he was uh talking to shawnee and telling her you are safe you are fine it, he has an air about him that you believe him and they seemed to really bond simon wasn't in that conversation simon's yeah. nowhere to be seen <laughs> jordy is and so maybe he feels they're in his pocket too um and Jordy can fix everything, but that's not a way to go about this. Yeah. I think that Shawnee's taking the right approach here uh, overall, you know, with this keeping George around, not only keeping him around, but bringing him into the fold to use language like, you know, we've we've lost two of the girls. I don't like that. Like, I want to protect I don't the lose girls. The gay. And, and the only gay <laughs> that's out here. And I feel like that's a really good way to play. I think this is also, if I'm not mistaken, the very first reference to george being gay on the show yes um, not just in heroes versus villains but also in brains versus brawn and yes. uh i actually had a lot of people messaging me being like is george gay and i was like uh, i can exclusively reveal that george is gay <laughs> yes well remember when we had that conversation last year yeah because i was like i know he's gay he must be gay wait is he? And I, I sent him a text saying, wait a minute, I actually have never had official a confirmation. And he responded by saying how shocked he was that in uh, Brains Brawn, he talked about his sexuality so much 
in his confessionals and they excluded it from the entire edit and he never understood why. Hmm. But yeah, no, it wasn't something he was hiding. Yeah. I also got confirmation when we were putting together our Pride Island episode last year for Pride, where we we did a fantasy casting of uh, a Survivor season with just queer players. Uh, and we also reached out to a Survivor alum asking for their uh, favorite queer players. And George sent in, not only did George send in an answer, but unlike everybody else, George sent it in in video form. <laughs> <laughs> All I needed was audio, but George basically recorded me a cameo, uh, and it was really great. And uh, so, yes, George confirmed to me at that time that he is indeed gay. But Ricard is uh, truly the king of asking people if they're gay. Or <laughs> so you can always, if you ever have a question, issue. just let me know. I'll get Ricard to text somebody. It's literally, no, it's like, it is my biggest um, <laughs> issue, which I... To me, it is so not a big deal to talk talk about sexuality. And I forget that that's not everyone's mindset and everyone's uh, where they are in life. And so to me, I literally would just be like, so you're gay, right? And then no response for days. And like, oh, so I've hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, and, and and you don't learn after the first time. <laughs> oh, no, I no. have. I, I think, think we're I just on the did third this. or fourth time now. Didn't I just do this last week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you got to stop. You're going to get canceled. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so they put together the Spice Girls Alliance again. I think it could be expanded a little bit, but I, I truly love this because it is at the intersection of all of my interests of, you know, uh, gays on Survivor, strong women on Survivor, Survivor in general, and the Spice Girls. So it really <laughs> is the perfect combination for me, and I'm really living for that alliance. And in this process, Shawnee's like, okay, well, th this is a great way for her to uh, achieve this plan of keeping George around is like bring him into the fold of an alliance that is very strong. Like Liz and Shawnee are so close. There's those shots of them holding hands. Uh, she says, we're drafting up the adoption papers for George. Like, <laughs> so I actually cute. really love this relationship that's forming. Yes. They're very cute. And I'm starting to be able to tell them apart now. So that's even more oh, totally. I tell I can totally tell them apart. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but but Shawnee is basically trying to shift the target from George onto Michael. And what? I think that that's the most logical choice because Michael's definitely a weirdo. We talked about this in the first episode, but like he's giving weird vibes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the BDIs didn't come up, but boy, did other stuff come up. And so somehow, like, we do see Shawnee going around, like, you know, pulling together votes for Michael and making the argument. But it's almost like George was ready to sink this whole plan without knowing it, because George is everywhere. He is <laughs> popping up in the most unlikely of places. It's like, He's part of one conversation, another conversation is going on 10 feet away, and suddenly he's in that conversation. And it's like sometimes at this point, it, it became early on, it was like, okay, yeah, oh, Simon is talking to somebody about getting George out, and he would show up. But then it's like, Shawnee's going around trying to convince people to vote for Michael instead of George, but George is just showing up. I don't know where. He's, he's, he's done a U-turn down the beach. He's showing up, and he's got this smile on his face. <laughs> that smile is his resting face. It's just this, like, I don't trust it's these so smile. Funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's like that scene where everybody's down on the beach by the water and everybody's just like, they've basically agreed, okay, we're not going to vote out George, but George shows up 
And it's so awkward. Like Jordy's looking into the sky, like a plane is passing by or something. Uh, and they like awkwardly disband. And it's like, George, like, let them talk. This is good for you. You know, what's wild. You just brought up a plane. I never once saw an airplane the entire time. Hmm. The entire time Did I you was ever there, see boats? not once. I always wonder about boats. I saw a boat one time on Final Five Island because it was the only island. It's where they filmed Castaway, where he had the big help sign. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, whatever. Um, it's the only island that I was on, at least, where you can see another island across the ocean. Mm. And I did see a couple boats going to whatever island that was. Everywhere else, I saw no islands. I saw nothing else, no boats, unless they were coming specifically to talk to us. No planes. That's why. Not a single one. I mean, like, planes fly to Fiji all the time. Um, well, I mean, we, there were like no flight. We almost didn't leave Fiji because of the Oh, there were no you flights. were COVID. You were COVID. Yeah, we were the COVID one. So, right. like, there must us be planes like nowadays. was a big deal. Probably. But yeah, it, it, was, it was weird at night looking at the stars. And being like, wow, there's not a single plane. Huh. Hmm. Just like a little surreal thing. Yeah. Okay. But yes. <laughs> okay. Let's go to tribal council where <laughs> George is really holding Michael's forehead to the fire in this <laughs> tribal council. It is wild. <laughs> this this is a masterclass of psychological manipulation. Why are you so mad though? <laughs> yeah, George was pushing every button and then finding more buttons and pushing those ones too. It was wild to see and like a total like I was in awe of what George was doing. He yeah, using just his words in the most calm voice absolutely broke this man down into pieces. <laughs> it was it and I think the the big thing there is George's ability to not feel like shame or embarrassment. He's saying something that probably sounds silly. I mean, to me, it sounded silly him saying, why are you mad though? Multiple times. And yet Michael was losing his mind. His temple really was red. He was like (laughs) rocking and wow, good job, George. You are amazing at this. Yeah, it was really, really good. And okay. So here's a question. Everybody does vote for Michael. Except for Michael, who votes for George, and George votes know. for Stevie. I don't know. There must be. He is too smart because he knew who was. Oh, leaving. he was. He was saying the the like in his voting confessional. He was talking as though he was voting for Michael, but he didn't. And I want yeah. to know why. I the only thing I was trying to think of is that vote being a something in the future of uh simon voted for you stevie something like Mm -hmm. that being Mm -hmm. able to use it against whoever in the future i just wish we got some clarity of what that was maybe we will in the future maybe we will we had a situation like this last year with blood versus water where the red tribe the tribe that sandra was on somebody cast a stray vote i want to say it was sam oh i thought it was juicy oh maybe it was sam Sam cast a stray vote, I think. We talked to her about it. Um, and I'm so curious. I think th- there's probably a really interesting strategy here. That was the first thing I went to as well, was like pin this on somebody else and reveal that, yeah, actually the vote was going to be Stevie um, at some, or like something like that. Uh, or it was going to be Stevie versus Michael or it was going to be a contingency vote. 
Uh, but I just, I, I need to see that play out. I really hope it does. Maybe it could have just been something as simple as assurance because he knew one vote was going to be on him. He absolutely knew that Michael was going to be voting mm. for himself, George. And yeah. if there was an idle play, at least there's one other name out there for a yes. tie. Yeah. That's yeah. actually not a bad, that's not a bad rate of that. I like that. Okay, well, let's jump into episode three because in the opening we get some absolutely incredible content from Sarah mm-hmm. talking about her pageant scandal. She tells us that Miss Grease accused her of pushing her down the <laughs> stairs and putting her in a wheelchair. <laughs> Forever. Just kidding. She had a sprained ankle. She was fine. <laughs> the, the coyness of just being like, she was fine. And the way that she goes on to say, I didn't do that, and then continues to give a speech about how much she loves to beat the shit out of people mm-hmm. was wild and iconic, I fear. And she even like, I was like, what part of this is fake and what's real? Where yeah. she was demonstrating how she walked by Miss yeah, Grease. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was just walking... How were you just walking by her as she stepped off the bus? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make sense, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> She's a rugby player, too? I did not see that coming. Well, yeah, because you get to completely tackle people in that game. <laughs> she needs to find legal outlets for her bloodlust. <laughs> And again, before the reward challenge, we get no hero. No heroes. (laughs) No heroes. But hey, there will be good some good some there will be some good hero content in a bit. But let's go to the reward challenge where Jonathan reveals they're going to be playing for a giant jar of cookies. I was getting flashbacks to Jericho, Mm -hmm. Cookie Monster, and uh, and and I immediately knew there is something in that cookie jar. Oh yes. Something. I thought maybe a clue to the whereabouts of the hidden immunity idol. But uh, I've got some speculation about what's in there because we still don't really know. Can you tell me what would you do to check this cookie jar? Because this uh, put my arm all the way in the fucking jar makes absolutely no sense to me. And I feel like I know what I would do. (laughs) But what would you do? I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Oh, I wouldn't go looking. I would be keeping a very close eye on it, but I wouldn't go looking. See, I would grab any kind of fabric or blanket or sweater, and I would dump it all out Mm -hmm. very cautiously and put them back in very cautiously elsewhere, like near the well. Yeah. And now it's pitch black. There are no secret lights. But you gotta, you gotta get it there. Tell one friend to watch out for you and just, I mean, it's not that heavy. It was halfway empty. Couldn't it be that heavy to just walk it in the middle of the night? People get up to pee all the time. Who's staring at the cookie? Apparently, Liz was staring at the cookie jar very creepily. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really, really like this idea of the cookie jar. And I loved, I was just like, oh, this is going to be a good drama because they know something's in there. We know something's in there. And I just couldn't wait to see how it played out. And it really played out spectacularly because Mimi getting up in the night, shoving her arm in the cookie jar. And it's just like the, just the idea of, you know, being caught with your hand in the cookie jar, like Mm -hmm. making that literal, like it's, 
It's genius. I love it. And the way Liz rises, like, from the dead, and is just staring, <laughs> and she's, like, two feet away, and it's with this creepy night vision, so her eyes are glowing, and Mimi is just rooting around. It's like, you're never going to find something in there. Like, not like that. Yeah. Uh, it was just perfect. And that Mimi never knew that she was caught. Like, everything just worked out. <laughs> Until amazing. Tribal? That's yeah. what blew my mind. I thought she knew. That everybody yeah. knew. It was, but wild. when I saw Mimi do a big swallow after Liz said, "I know who did it," oh, that made me cringe so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, while they are all eating their cookies, George takes the opportunity to be like, "See, this is what was crazy." I was like, "George is just going to dive in the cookies," but actually, he's like, "They're all diving into the cookies, so I'm going to go look in the woods." And yep. there's one tree left I haven't checked. Lo and behold, sure enough, there's an idol, and George has his first hidden immunity idol of the season. And he didn't even have to go rooting in the cookie jar for it. Now, this is where I know that production is on top of shit. Not 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 making things happen, not nothing fake at all. But like really on top of the content that they need for this. Because George very kind of oddly says, the way I know it's an idol, it has this letter. There, mm. During his one-on-one, he must have been asked, like, how do you know it's an idol? Mm. Well, this is how, are you stupid? And you're so hungry, you're not really paying attention to why are they asking me this idiotic question. But for them to include that, I thought that was so strange and out of place. I've, like, I've never heard someone just randomly say how they know it's real. Yeah. And then two seconds later, we have Simon find something with no note. And he's just yeah. assuming what it is and already has a plan on how he's going to use it without even yeah. knowing. I thought that was brilliant editing. That's a great catch because I didn't catch it. I didn't put it together. I didn't put the two and two together. Mm-hmm. But that's true. I did definitely think like, oh, yeah, well, of course, there's a letter. There's always a letter. Uh, or like, you know, <laughs> the rules of the thing. But like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. I never like connected that to the fact that Simon was then going to find the thing in the cookie jar which he assumes is an idol, which like the crazier thing to me about this whole thing is that he has this and there are no instructions and he's not, he doesn't have any red flags about that. None. We see, at least that we see. He came up with two different plans on how to use it. (laughs) Not a care in the world. That's how tunnel vision he is. That's how desperate he is for George to go. Can I share my theory about what Simon has? Yes, please. I think it's an idol nullifier. It's the same, roughly the same size and shape as the idol nullifier in David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. Have we seen an idol nullifier on Australian? I do not recall. One. I can't remember. Could we only we only have the one David versus Goliath, and then we have Elaine getting nullified outright in season thirty nine. Yeah, Idols. So I think those so. are the only two I've I can recall at all. I'm trying to remember if we. You have know, someone's going to message you. In blood versus water. <laughs> We might have had one in Blood versus Water if we did. I don't think it came to anything. So we have one here, and I, I think we have one here. It looks like one. It looks, you know, there there is a flat back that you could write a name on mm-hmm. if necessary. And I think, and if this is the case, it's genius. I feel like what I'm hoping for is that this was in the cookie jar. In the middle. In the middle of the cookie jar. Looks like a cookie, shaped like a cookie, like good good concealing, hiding in plain sight, just like Gabler. And that (laughs) 
once you finish the cookies or completely empty the cookie jar, the instructions for how this advantage is used will either be printed on the base of the cookie jar, like on the inside、mm. base, or there will be like a note at the very, very bottom. And then and, somebody's going to know. And yes, exactly.、Uh-huh. So it, it, it achieves two purposes. One, you can trick someone into, you can trick a contestant into playing something that's not an idol. And two, you can inform somebody else or you can inform the tribe that somebody has this thing. Yep. And I feel like that's important for an idol nullifier because, well, I mean, it depends. Sometimes, I mean, you want the nullifier to work. If it doesn't work, it's a terrible advantage, right?、Um, yeah. The only reason we accepted it in David versus Goliath was because it went off in such a spectacular way. Had somebody just used it and, like, they've, Used it on the wrong person, or the idol got switched, or something like that,、uh, it's, it fizzles out. So I can go two ways here. One, it's like it's nice for people to know because then, similar to the knowledge is power advantage, say,、um, you can quietly move your idols around, have other people play them. Wait. So I actually got a little bit of clarity on this randomly. I asked a producer, I think when I was in the game, I asked a producer how. Um, an idle nullifier properly works. If, if someone else plays an idol for that person, so let's say、uh, the nullifier has my name on it,、mm-hmm. but then Shan uses it and says, I'm going to play this idol on Ricard to keep him safe, but Shan's technically the one that played the idol. No, it has to do with the name written on it and the name written on the votes. So it doesn't matter、okay. who has it. Okay. Just a little side note. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense to me, but、um, you, could still, you could still move it around or like use it on a different person. There,、mm-hmm. there's, there's some wiggle room there. But yeah, certainly if you're like banking on being saved by an idol, you're screwed.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I, 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 I would be interested to see how the nullifier could be used in the game if people know it exists. Because we haven't,、yeah. ha- we haven't had that situation happen yet because、mm-hmm. it's been such a randomly used advantage.、Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Like, I have no idea that this is actually the case. It's just kind of my theory that I'm working with. The flat back, that's a really good tell, though. That's good.、Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. I well, love、I'm、that、really、they、smart. gave him an i d o I love that they gave Simon an idol next to his name, and then two seconds later, they cross、yeah. it out with a red X. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I love that. Uh, I was like, oh, and, it and is it, an idol. And it showed up like a couple times because he'd be like, I have an idol. And it would show back up in his name.、Uh, they're having fun with him. So I like that they're telling us one that it's not an idol. So that's clear. Yes.、Uh, so what is it? I th- it's got to be a nullifier. What else could it be? I thought we were going to get a flash. A medallion of power. Fl- I thought we were going to get a flashback saying, like, showing that somebody else just like plopped it in there later. Oh, that's Just would like be another、fun. player. But they didn't. And I was like, well, well and yeah,、okay. and it's too similar looking to George's idol. Like it's,、yeah. it's on brand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see that George got a tattoo on his? Well, you must have seen. I don't know. Did he have it when you saw him? That he had a tattoo of、yes. the new hidden immunity idol. Yes. And、um, sli- I mean, this is, I feel like he is fully allowed to say this. Production did not know he had that tattoo until the first day of filming. So no, 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 he no. unveiled it. I'm saying, I'm saying George got a new tattoo of the new Hidden Immunity Idol. He posted an Instagram video getting、What? it. It's on his hand. It's on, the, it's on the back of his hand. On his hand? That's an interesting place for it. I would say so. Yeah. 
<laughs> he posted what? this like yesterday. Oh, I I was trying so desperately not to get any spoilers for episode three until this morning when I was able to watch it that I didn't watch anyone's stories. And then I still got spoiled last night, so I didn't watch anybody's spoiler or stories yesterday. No one. So I thought I muted everybody. I thought I muted every I went through every cast member I follow. I went through every fan account that I follow on Drop Your Buffs. Muted everybody. Post stories, fine. But because I follow George on Soda Pop, I forgot that. And so like mm-hmm. the first before I even knew that, saw that he found the idol, I saw the video of him getting the idol tattooed. So I knew he was gonna find it. He did not have that tattoo a few weeks ago. So it is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were asking if I knew beforehand that he had that idol tattoo. The chest tattoo. Yes. That was a, yeah, he kept that a secret from production until it started. Oh, wow. Interesting. Why is it on his hand? Well, maybe this is odd. To do with the way he like walks into tribal council one day or something. Behind his back or something or slid over to that hand. There must be, there must, there's a reason for everything he does. The hand is a random place to get it. Yeah. I agree. I would think add to the chest hat, like do another yeah. necklace or something like that. Hmm. I want to know. Yeah. So there's that. There's a little tea from Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we need to talk about with regards to the nullifier, potential nullifier, is <laughs> a very, very important scene between... Simon and Jordy, where Simon <laughs> tells Jordy that he has found an idol, which he hasn't, mm. but he believes so. <laughs> yes. And Jordy is really eager to see it. And Simon says, well, you can't see it. It's in my pants. And Jordy it's says, my well, ass. where? It's in my ass crack. Like, <laughs> can I see it? No, but I'll let you feel it later. I want to feel it now. And then Jordy shoves his hand in Simon's ass. And it's one of what and this is saying something this is saying something it's one of the most homoerotic scenes i've ever seen on survivor and mm-hmm. um, and bringing australian survivor into the mix that is saying something because <laughs> <laughs> we had another very homoerotic segment in this episode didn't we uh are you talking about the nighttime scene i'm talking about the meat tray oh okay yes we had that but the nighttime scene oh, where yeah, the, cookie... the nighttime scene like literally Simon lifts Jordy's arm and snuggles his little body <laughs> into the nook of his underarm. It's so, not a little body. I was like, damn, they are like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about the meat tray? I, yes, I do want to talk about the meat tray. One of the few <laughs> moments we get from the heroes in these, in this first week is Ben, who is a queer author and very well known personality Mm -hmm. and he is sizing up the boys on his tribe and he's talking about uh, how they're a meat tray talking together out in the water and comparing each of who is it sean sam dave and matt to various cuts of meat yes oh it's so cute it's such a cute scene and the fact that he's just like oh he's the the prime cut and then he's this oh he likes the ocean surf and turf baby because yeah was and so i love that he goes to pa- page page of all <laughs> page and flick <laughs> <laughs> to be like hey do you guys see this 
um, and the of course the shots that it, Australian Survivor uses in the mix All of, of like, them showing the them. Oof. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a good good, good scene. And then, God, I it's just funny how distracted I can get by a man's chest because when they did a flashback to Sean like doing these mm-hmm. pull up things. I was like, oh, he has quite the hairy chest. And then that when they showed the meat tray in the water, I was like, oh, he trims his chest. <laughs> My mind was just, ah, funny. Little straight yeah. man doing some grooming. <laughs> Sean is an all-time. Sean is an all-time hottie. He is gorgeous. He's almost so, oh, freakishly tall, though. Six, like when you see six. him, when he went out to play that challenge against Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. JLP is just laughing. He's just yeah. like making fun of this. <laughs> See if he didn't have a chance in hell. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> okay, let's talk about the immunity challenge, which again is just kind of an obstacle course, and the villains really blow it once again. I don't even think they get to throw a coconut at their target at the end. Nope. Mimi was Mimi pulling on was the really shit in the bed with the with the monkey bars. I was confused about the like monkey bar situation and how they could Very. turn that into a bridge and when that was possible, because why not just do that from the start? He must have said in the middle of the challenge, like, this isn't going to happen <laughs> for either <laughs> tribe and made that rule. I, I, it made no sense. Or or maybe they did it. OK, I was trying to think of the logistics of this when watching it. When they put it up as monkey bars, all they had to do on the obstacle course was lift it above their head. It was already above their heads and just slide it forward and mm-hmm. then go. Mm-hmm. The fact that you had to get off the obstacle course yes. and multiple people have to get down. Maybe they knew totally. from the very beginning there was the option. But yeah. still, but monkey still, bars versus a bridge. so many times and was like, and then all of a sudden they're like, drop, drop, we'll change it. It's like, you should have thought there about must, five minutes There ago. must have been a... Uh, some kind of rule where you have to do monkey bars first and everybody has to attempt once and then you can yeah, do a bridge. Something it. that they just didn't include for us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the heroes win immunity once again. The villains are going back to tribal council. And I do appreciate that the villains are just constantly eating cookies. <laughs> I would be so sick. They are at the challenge eating cookies. Jordy brought them in his overalls to tribal council to share with the tribe like i yeah my stomach was turning just watching how many cookies they were eating and you know they're chocolate which who can eat that much chocolate but what i was extra weirded out about somebody mentioned they have bits of coconut in them yeah how how can you eat chocolate and coconut cookies after just eating coconut only for days i hate coconut Oh, I don't like coconut in my desserts. I certainly wouldn't want to eat like a raw coconut. I don't like coconut in anything. I like, uh, I guess, like putting like coconut milk in curries is okay for me, but mm. not no coconut. I don't want a shaving. I don't want a chunk. I don't want any coconut. I haven't had it since the game. It makes me nauseous to think about. People that are walking around drinking coconut water, they're sick. <laughs> I do like coconut water. No. I don't know if I've had that since, but like an actual bite of coconut can't do it. And I'm I'm fortunate. I'm really glad that I didn't have rice until the last few days because some past cast members that I've spoken to, they can't eat rice still. It makes them nauseous. And I love rice. Mm. And it's a big part of my diet. 
So I'm glad it went. I thought you guys were giving food constantly out there. What? (laughs) (laughs) Who? What season are you talking? (laughs) Joking. Just the way, you know, some former players talk about the new era. Oh. Yeah. Like, say, Ethan, for example. Yeah, Ethan. Ethan wants nothing to do with us. (laughs) I saw you comment on Ethan's Instagram about when he said, what candy would you bring if you were stranded for 39 days? And you said... Well, Ethan, we're not stranded for 39 days anymore. All <laughs> we, we need is a Snickers Snicker bar. And we good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's only giving me shit. And he I still know. refuses to follow me. You know who did follow me? That candy shop that he was promoting. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ethan doesn't follow us either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's like the one pass player. He refuses. He yeah. will never. <laughs> so... At the villain's tribe, the Spice Girls want Stevie out, the boys want Mimi out, and Simon wants George out. And he's really the only one. He's, like, desperately pleading with Jordy. And this carries over into Tribal Council, where it's like, it seems like they got everybody on the page to vote Stevie out, okay? Like, it seems like, once again, Shawnee's kind of, like, pulled together the votes to get Stevie out. And Simon, the whole time, is just like, I can't read the room. And is begging Jordy to help him with this move of like, because I think Simon wants two votes, right? Simon wants two votes on George, George. so that in his mind, he's playing the idol for Stevie at one point, and then Mimi eventually, uh, whoever he thinks is getting the most votes. Is it because whoever that is, let's say it's Stevie or Mimi, is going to vote for the opposite person? Yes. So it would have been a tie. So it would have been a tie, and they don't want to tie because then that gets messy. Yes. Um, so that's why he wanted Jordy on board. Surprised that, like, pull in Stevie. Tell Stevie to vote for George. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an option. There but, were a lot of options, but it, but the fact that Simon wasn't even in the realm of understanding that it's a split vote and not unanimous, he felt like he just had to guess which one everybody's voting for. But it wasn't even, like, George thought it was going to be Stevie and was not brought in at any point to switch mm-hmm. it to Mimi. Like... It was a way too risky with that many people that you're not tight with. Maybe yeah. Jordy could have made this happen because Jordy has some awareness of what's going on, at least from what we're seeing in the edit. But Simon doesn't seem to have a grasp of everyone's me- mental state, like not mental state, but you know, thought process of who they want gone. I'm seeing Simon not playing a social game whatsoever. Yeah. I think people like him, obviously. And I think that as a returnee, he has some cachet with like a Shawnee and Jordy. Uh, and like to some extent, maybe Stevie. Like I think he, he does have some camaraderie with the returnees. But I'm not seeing him like really move beyond the strategy to like form a bond with people. And this was a perfect example where he's not reading the room and how many times does Jordy have to awkwardly like giggle and be like hey like I'm just I don't want to do this tonight like I don't want to do it and then he's asking like five more times it's like read the room Simon Mm -hmm. it's not happening you know I actually had a moment earlier on in the episode where it's like who does Simon trust other than Jordy because he went up to Stevie and said did you see the the crumbs and the cookie, Joe? Oh, yeah. You see a... <laughs> I love to be explaining kinda... that situation to Stevie. And Stevie's like, uh, gravity. <laughs> like, they were so not on the same page. 
But the biggest part, the biggest thing that I grasped from that situation was Simon couldn't even read if he could blatantly say Mimi's name yeah. to Stevie. Yeah. He didn't want, he didn't feel confident enough to say, to throw Mimi under the bus. And Stevie is anti Mimi. So they have talked so little that he doesn't even know that he could have just thrown Mimi under the bus and it would have been fine with Stevie because Stevie can't stand her (laughs) based on their interactions, at least. Yeah, it's it's like, it's so complicated because I feel like Simon's, he's not doing a bad job in terms of like coming up with the move. Like, I think the moves are interesting. Uh, I don't think that getting George out this early is the, is the, Mark on his resume, he thinks it would be going to the mm-hmm. end. I don't think getting, I don't think any like pre merge, pre merge boosts really yeah. matter that much. I don't think the jury is putting any stock in that whatsoever. Like, so you got, so you got George out, you and like what a unanimous tribe or like you and one other person. We don't care. So much has happened since then. This is a 47 day game. So on day six, you got George out. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's just really, really short-sighted. And it's like, George is only a big threat and only a big mark on your resume if he is allowed to become a big threat in this game. I know he yes. was in Brains versus Brawn, but he is not yet in this game. And so mm-hmm. we need a little time to breathe with George. And I, I also get where Simon's coming from. It's also like, we don't let George get that much further i get why he's feeling that way um but i don't know it's like something's not clicking yet i hope he can get there because i actually am enjoying simon i like i like simon it's not just because of how he looks like that there is something that's like he's got a fire in his belly for this game he's just like not nailing the social aspect yet yeah and it's wild <laughs> to me watching like jordy is is like the voice of reason in this alliance to me, that's really showing a lot of Jordy's gameplay in his first season as being very emotional because of his brother and how mm. much that could have blinded him. Like his baby brother being taken out and his idol stolen in his eyes and how to use that information and kind of feeling like he flubbed it. He shouldn't have told people, but then he did tell people, then he backpedaled and lied that he told people. It was just kind of a messy situation from him. Maybe if his gameplay had never included his little brother, who he really loves so much, maybe we would have seen a hero out of Jordy. You know? Yeah, hmm. I, I'm, I'm surprisingly like open. I, I've been surprised this whole season of like I thought I'd feel one way about George. I'm, I'm like rooting for George. Oh my god! When George told Haley where to look for the idol. <gasps> I put that in my notes in big letters and for, yes. (laughs) Well, this is the second time he's talked to her. The second time, because after old girl, uh, the one, the news anchor lady, what's her name? Anjali. went out. Anjali. When Anjali went out, he was making eyes at Haley and they showed Haley's reaction. Oh, yes. Of like, she was good. There was no reason for it. And like rolling his eyes. And I was like, why is he doing this? Interesting. It's And then today blatantly- I think it was genius for George to totally. extend an olive branch. It's far enough in the game that he can lie and say, I lost the idol or I gave it to somebody else or they were holding on to it and they were voted out with it. What Come merge if he is there. There's a way that you can share this information, this knowledge to help Haley to get somebody on the other side that has your back and maybe help her in the process. And 
figure out a way at merge to not have that target or um, have Haley be able to say he has an idol and be like, oh yeah, I gave it to this person and they voted them out and now I don't have an idol. There's a lot of shit you could do. And if he wants to turn against Haley in the future, if she ends up finding it because of his knowledge, now she has a target. Oh yeah, she has an idol. Yeah, There's totally. a lot that could come from this. Genius. Yeah, I love it. And you know what? Like, it's really interesting that Channel 10 is presenting this story of a rivalry between George and Haley because this is the same Channel 10 that aired Talking Tribal, which featured a panel for all of last season with Shannon Gus, Haley, and George. Like, they were on a panel discussing Survivor together. They have a friendship. They have a relationship. They have talked strategy, not just about their season, but about another Mm -hmm. season. There is a camaraderie there, I think, that we are just starting to glimpse. And I am desperately hoping Mm -hmm. that they both make the merge so we can, or at least swap that so that we can see them play together. Because it would be so great to see these once rivals come together and, like, dominate this game. I would die to see that. Yeah. Now, I am a little, I guess... I, I, I want to look back at past seasons and figure out idol placement if they make it consistent um, on both beaches mm. in Australian Survivor. We've seen it in American Survivor that actually maybe even in Australian that there is an idol at the water well and it's like a, a fixture of the well. So you can know there's another one over there, mm-hmm. maybe based on a clue or something. But the majority of just random hidden immunity idols are just this one's in a tree this one's inside a coconut it's all over the place why what makes george think that this knowledge will help Haley find it on her tribe as well it's a good question and i think that i i'm not sure that he's like confident that that's where it would be but it's the only lead they have so Mm -hmm. i think it is if nothing else it is just extending that olive branch to be like i'm helping you even if it doesn't work out i tried to help you and uh, because, yeah, I think back to Blood versus Water, the, the, the idols were hidden quite different places. You remember the one was hidden way, way up that Khan's sister found way, way up in the tree. Um, or did she find it or she saw someone find it? Again, oh, I don't remember. Somebody had a big ass stick. Water. and Yeah, but it was really high up where another one was the other one was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hard to say, but uh, at least it's something. It's something to go on. Like it gives Haley something to do. So, yeah. I hope it works uh, out for her. How iconic would that be? So, I'm really excited. I mean, I don't know why I'm even that excited, but I'm excited that after the vote out of Mimi, like, bye girl, whatever. The hat scene! The hat scene. Wait, we, well, we didn't even talk. I, I don't think we brought up the how that Mimi vote came, which was that, well, I might have mentioned it. Oh, There's just, the, just yeah. the way that Shawnee flippantly is listening to Mimi talk <laughs> and be like, you know what? I don't want Mimi here anymore, which I I loved. I thought that that was iconic and what power she wields in that tribe, like mm-hmm. to be able to switch that vote like that. Uh, but there's something about just Shawnee's smile, like the, the mischief in her face. It's so innocent. It is. She is baby spice. You think of that scene in Spice World where <laughs> <laughs> you think of that scene in Spice World where they like talk about how Baby Spice uh, can get away with anything because she has that cute smile and they like flash back to like it's like a clue scene and they're trying to figure out who did the murder and they, they mm-hmm. go to Baby and she's got like, I don't know, knives and guns and shit on her. And she's like, well, it wasn't me. Like, oh, yeah, of course it wasn't. Uh, Shawnee is very Baby Spice in this moment. She's like a, a silent killer. 
And actually, it's not even silent. She's she's outright, but like people let her get get away with it, which I love. Um, so, but I I what I worry is that this is going to come back to bite her because she's mm-hmm. sending home Mimi in place of Stevie, Stevie who we know has a vendetta and wants revenge on Shawnee. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I also got a little ahead of myself. I just got excited to talk about the hat. Yeah, I know. Talk about that, Jordy. Jordy <laughs> actually did. Maybe he felt pressured to, but he had Simon's back in a small way by saying, I'll go ask the girls. Yeah. I'll ask yeah. it, how they would feel in a roundabout way. Now, now this is where I think it gets tricky. He's going to have to explain to them what the plan was. Yeah. That would have gotten right. George out. And that's. Uh, yeah. Like, how were you going to get George out without sw- flipping votes, huh? Like, what do well, you Well, I think it's doable because, like, if he was talking to. Sean, let's say Shawnee, Liz, Sarah, then combined with Jordy and Simon, that turns into five votes. If George is voting one way, if Stevie's voting another way, if Mimi's voting another way, like they could have the majority. Yeah, I guess. And then Simon wouldn't even have to play his idol. Not an idol. <laughs> <laughs> I really did want to see him play that thing, though. That would have been incredible. Oh, my. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew there were just too many logistical things that would yeah. not make it work. But my, I did have a big fear, though, that he was going to try and play the idol, and then George was going to panic and show his idol. Yes, me too. Totally. totally. Now, like, in, in, in a small way, because obviously um, JLP is going to say, this is not an idol, and George would know not to play this. But what if he brought it out and said, oh, I have one I too. I know. Oh, I had But panic. George is so cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. in that moment where it was like he doesn't know what's going on, like he ca- he keeps it together. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Simon has one last move uh, for this episode, right? And yes, as he's leaving, try- he he makes sure he's the last one to leave, I guess. And he pulls <laughs> where, where he how he shoved this huge hat in his bag. I will never <laughs> understand. With cookies and fake idols. He had a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> well, Jordy was carrying the cookies, to be fair. He, he brought out one when he pretended he was going to bring out an idol. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. like a half a just, cookie. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and he just hands it to Jordy, his boyfriend. And yeah. Jordy's like, eh. <laughs> it's disgusting, these cookies. These cookies in pockets, <laughs> cookies in bags. Ugh. And they've all had Mimi's arm, dirty arm all I over them. I know. Oh, and now she's gone. <laughs> Poor Mimi. Oh. I, it is a shame because I, I did like that Mimi was sort of like an independent, uh, an independent in that group. Um, mm-hmm. So it is sad to lose her here because I think she had more in her, just like Anjali. Mike, I was okay with this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm very excited. I love how they're showing the idea of getting out Rogue and how annoyed they are with Rogue. That's the only content we're getting yeah, from the viewers, yeah. how much they hate Rogue. <laughs> this is where, again, she was like, mm, I'd li- I need proof that these people are heroes. God, so obnoxious. But Rogue, uh, so big update since our first episode. Rogue has, Ooh. it's a good thing we were checking her Instagram because it is, no longer exists. <laughs> Rogue has and her Twitter scrubbed from the internet. And not only that, but she has been sort of soft scrubbed from the Australian Survivor Instagram page where she was not included in a series of headshots thing they put up of each tribe. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes here, but I can only imagine Rogue is fearing for her career after that first episode. And uh, I'm very curious to see how much she features 
in the actual episodes moving forward because it doesn't seem like they want to feature her on social media. Yeah. Who Yikes. did you uh, equate to Sherry Pie from RuPaul sure. or something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I like the d- different situation, but you know, Sherry Pie was uh, on, she was the narrator of those first couple episodes until all of these uh, accusers came forward uh, about her sort of like predatory behavior and then sherry disappeared in the edit despite the fact that she like almost went to the i don't can't remember how she placed but like was like in the end yeah um like i feel like possible contender to win if i'm remembering correctly but i might not be remembering correctly made it far wild truly wild yeah (laughs) so we might have a sherry pie on our hands here hopefully not uh but we'll see now, okay. I do think they could have left... This is the very last thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. When the hat was put in the fire, they could have left it as like, is that George's hat? And it goes in the fire, and that's the end. But they chose to leave in that little snippet of JLP after Simon had left, saying, you might regret that. I'm like, oh, is that how Simon leaves? Because George gets him in the end? There was no reason... They didn't need to leave that in, especially if Simon in the end through this edit gets out george yeah just a little little something in there we'll see how the cookie crumbles (laughs) they loved that they They loved loved jonathan saying that i love jonathan we haven't talked about jonathan this season but love well he hasn't he hasn't been doing a lot of like grab the pole the stick the ball i do i do have to say though in that water challenge that they did (sighs) i don't know how but jonathan was soaking wet he was not in the water, but his shirt was wet. And as we know from our interview f- with Chrissy, <laughs> Jonathan has some folks on staff who are ready to spray him down at uh, at his while I'm up whim. Yes, so we love to and see he that. Adju- he uh, he actually has a little moment during a challenge where he's wearing his little short shorts and he's like rearranging something. And they didn't need to be showing him, but they show him adjust his underwear in his shorts. And I was like, oh. Well, oh, for that, okay. we have to thank the editors. Who, thank you. We have a lot to thank for in this season so far, and I can only hope to see more. So, okay, with that, we are going to wrap this one up. We will be back next week. Our episode might be a little bit late next week. Uh, it might come out on the weekend, but we will be recapping the entire uh, week two in one episode at the end of next week. So, Stay tuned for that. Subscribe so you don't miss it. Check us out on Instagram at Drop Your Buffs Pod. Of course, you can check out our Patreon and merch. The links to that will be in the show notes of this episode. Anything else? Oh, and go follow Ricard on Instagram. He's always looking for Instagram followers. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really don't care. <laughs> uh, I will put up a grid post for this recap of something from this week and If you're listening to this, go find that post and comment with the emoji of the cookie. Mm. Let's do that. A little obvious. not uh, That would be too obvious for Evan Ross Katz, but I'm running the show here, so we're doing obvious. This is the first one that you've done with me, where you tell people to check out emojis. I'll let you pick next week. Ooh. Okay. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.